0: Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey there, Get to Vet Trevor Maxwell, back here with you again for another episode of Jose Nicolás Planorama, military transition planorama, and uh, with me as always is my partner in podcasting. Uh, Mike Riggs we're in the fourth thing here glad to be with you yep and Jose is back again and what are we talking about today Jose
1: yeah so we're uh, we're talking about education today you know moving moving forward uh you know in your transition planning uh, part of it is about education regardless if it's college vocational whatever the case may be so that's you know what 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 are your goals in education for transition? Uh, You know, what are your aspirations? Do you even want to go to school? You know, let's talk about that. You know, I think the push is a lot of veterans. Oh, yeah, you're going to get out, go to school, go to school, go to school. They push it because you got the GI Bill, because you got this, because you got that. But what if you just, you hey, man, that's not me. You know, I'm just not a school guy. You know, I want to go out. Uh, I'm going to buy 100 acres. Uh, I'm going to farm the land because that's what I want to do, and that's very noble. And that's very tough. That's tougher than going to school, in my book. Uh, you know. But then the
0: schools will say, "Well, you know, we have all agriculture programs."
1: And they, <laughs> yeah, and they charge you 100 grand for that ag- agricultural program, and then you're paying on that the rest of your life, right? Or yeah. something, like, something to that effect. So, anyway, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about: education.
0: Okay. Yeah, this is a good one because you know the the educate like the the whole dynamic of all this stuff has shifted, especially over the last twenty years with some of these federal programs. Mm. Um, there's a lot of folks that are getting into a lot of these schools now because those schools were like, "Hey, wait a second, that's an entire new revenue stream right there that we haven't realized yet." All these federal dollars for. Yeah for getting people in there, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you kind of lead and I'll just, I'll follow.
1: So, so one of the things that I wanted to, I was looking at this, you know, before the, before we did this, uh, before you came on the podcast today and I was looking at enrollment trends, right. For veterans, veterans in higher education, right. So we've been, we've been, you know, veterans have been pursuing higher education since just according to this, since about 1944, Right uh, through the GI Bill, the Service Members Readjustment Act, also known as the GI Bill. As of 2018, 75% of student veterans were enrolled as full-time students. 2018. Now, I know the study is a little old, um, but this is kind of the latest information I have. In 2017, 2017, 52% of student veterans were enrolled in undergraduate programs compared to 24% enrolled in two-year programs. So, it goes on and on, and we can go into a whole percentages of, of, of this, but that I don't want to do that. I just want to hit kind of little wave types. What, when you look at, when you look at available data on veterans, as far as post-secondary school, the pool of veterans without bachelor's degree is large. The department of veteran affairs estimates that by 2021, there will be about 5.1 million veterans who were on active duty after September 11th. Of those veterans, 32% have a bachelor's degree or higher which means that 68% do not. So why is that? You know, it doesn't really go on to explain that. Um, and this, at least in this commentary, uh, veterans are over-representative and two, are overrepresented. So the basic thing of it is, is that, the point is that when you transition out of the military, there is an uptick of veterans uh, who matriculate and, and go to school because that's what we've been beat into our heads since we could barely crawl, right? Since, since we can, since we had the GI Bill, go to school, go to schools, go to school. So we think, oh, I need to transition out. Cool. I need to go to school because I need to get my MBA or my, you know, whatever certification. So then you have, you have this uptick in matriculations, uptick in all these veterans applying for school. And then what happens? Two years in, three years in, the veteran dropout rate from school starts to come down because you know what? You go to school, you're using your GI Bill, but you really find out, man, this is not what I want to do. And then you drop out. Uh, And I think there's there's something to be said about that and how to how to plan for education so that you're successful and you complete your degree plan. And I think that's one of the goals I want to get at out of this today is you know, we don't want you just to sign up to go to school to go to school. We wanted to make sure that you're successful at it and that you understand the nuances of what it's like to get into a college culture, right? And so that's why we review your degree goals. What do you want to do? Do you want to do you want to go to a four year university? Do you want to go to a community college? Do you want to do do you want it to be all online virtual like most things are nowadays? Or do you want to or do you miss the college experience and you want to go and go to campus and and, and you know, the full immersion into that life? So that should be part of your goal, you know, is to understand what you want to do. but but one thing, if you do want to go to school that way and you do want to go in full time and you do want to go on campus, uh, understand that you're stepping into a foreign culture, just like the first time you stepped into a foreign country and you didn't know the language, you didn't know the customs or the courtesies of that country, you had to adapt to that. And that's the same thing with a four-year university, you know, you, whether it's Texas or Florida or Alabama or Alaska, you know, uh, the culture is going to be different than the military culture. We're used to very hierarchical ways of training. You know, uh, very regimented, very technical. Um, what is the what is the phrase that we use? Um, learning learning via fire hose, right? Yep. Uh, in the military, and then now you're going to a a very an education system. At least in today's society, a very an education system which is some say broken, some say uh, nothing but out to get money from you and just to take advantage of you. And obviously, there's the political aspects of that education system. You know, a lot of education systems are, as we know in this country, are, are liberal leaning, or very progressive, uh, and so you may not be used to that. So, and that's a big reason why. I think veterans drop out. So I think that is a very heavy and important topic when you start reviewing degree goals. So I don't know if there was any,
0: well, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to employment for veterans after they get out, you know, I don't, I don't know what the exact number is, but I think it's somewhere around like 80% of, of veterans leave their first job outside of the military within two years. Right. I can see that. Right. They, I I think it's just, you know, one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, you, you don't really know what it is that you want yet. So that's one of the things that I like about, uh, you know, kind of that strategy of like, Hey dude, knock out as much of those requirements as you can while you're still in Mm -hmm. that way that reduces the amount of time you actually have to spend afterwards, which increases your, likelihood of success but i mean this is a huge issue where we could deep dive into it like i personally i wouldn't say i'm an opponent of higher education i would just say i'm an opponent of unnecessary higher education because i think a lot of people go out and do it just because they feel like they need to right they don't necessarily have to but they're just like well you know I kind of feel like I need to do this. And it's like, why? Right. You had kind of mentioned that before is this stuff just gets pounded into our heads, you know, like, Oh, you can't, uh, you know, you won't, you'll never be anything if you don't have a college degree, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, there's, I know tons of people that don't have degrees that I would hire in a second over, you know, tons of other people I know that do, but that's, you know, I think it just comes down to an individual. It's not just the degree. It's like, what do you do with it? right? I mean, I have a degree, um, but I'm also an MBA dropout because I went through and I was like, okay, I need to get this MBA. That way I'll look better to people. Um, You know, I fell into that same trap. I got about a third of the way through and I was like, okay, I already have an undergrad in business. I feel like I'm basically paying them money to take the same classes over again. Like, why am I doing that? Why am I wasting my time on this? It has no bearing on what I do for a living right now. Like, there's no value to me over this. Um, you know, so, I mean, that was my take. I was like, okay, I want to drop out and go look at professional, you know, kind of certifications, designations, things like that, which is also really popular right now with, with um, in fact, a lot of the universities are doing stuff like that. Instead of like four-year degrees, they're like, hey, look, we got these certificates and these um, Garrett Harrell, who we had on here, uh, Marine Raider uh went to what was that the Tuck school, Mike that he went to. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. That's exactly what he did.
0: Yeah. But I mean you can you can go in there and get something of value where you can, you know, they they kind of focus on like, hey, here's here's the down and dirty what you need to get through, you know, and, and be successful at this. Like, yeah, you're not taking English literature and all this other stuff uh that comes with a classical education, but you're you're getting something out of it. Right.
1: And, and, and that's kind of the point is figuring out, like you, you said, something that kind of, uh, you know, resonated with me is finding value in your education, right? You know, because you're right, there's a lot of education out there um, that's being offered by these four-year institutions that uh, how do you apply that? How do you use that degree in, in real-world application? You know, um, the the whole whole thing everyone complains about algebra why the hell do we have to learn algebra in school i've never used algebra again in my life or physics but you do you use physics almost every day you know, right if especially if you're in construction and all that's geometry and all that stuff but anyway there's 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 certain degrees and this is where i think that these people complain about some of these people that have these degrees masters phds and in some philosophical or some, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to disparage any type of degree, but still, you know, they can't be used. I can't walk up to a bank and say, Hey, I have a degree in such and such. And they're going to look at you and like, well, uh, I don't know what to tell you. We don't have any positions open for basket weavers. This is a bank, you know? Um, sorry, you know? Uh, so it's important. Review your degree goals. What do you want to do? Community college. Okay, what does that look like? You know, is it a local community college? Uh, uh, what are the offerings at that community college? Do they have a veteran service center? How robust is that veteran service center? Can you connect with other veterans at that university? If so, do it. You know, reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about coming to your college. Uh, what do you think? What are the good, bad, and ugly about that college?" And and hopefully they'll give you an honest assessment of that. You know, uh, same thing with the four-year university. Reach out to the Veteran Service Organization there, uh, Veteran Service Center. Everyone, every every college by now has a Veteran Resource Center and they have a veteran population and normally they have veteran groups and they welcome you aboard and it's all this and you guys all do things and sometimes it's almost like a fraternity, but it's, veter- it's a Veteran Service Center, you know. Um, so definitely recommend doing that. I usually help people figuring out you know you, you know uh, what school you're going to oh I'm going I'm going to University of Miami okay uh, let's go and I'll sit down with them and I'll and I'll open up a page and we'll go with the University of Miami and type in veteran services for University of Miami I'll contact them you know right there on the phone I'm a person that's like okay let's let's call them right now you have questions let's do it you know why wait so definitely encourage you to take that proactive uh, what I tell people is take that proactive role in finding about what what college university interests you? Calling them immediately, uh, and what are the pros and cons of that college? Um, if you're going to use your benefits, you're going to have to call the college anyway, for the most part, because that's where your certifying officials are at the college, right? Um, I'm, I, I'm, you know, like for me, I'm going to Michigan State University, um, and my certifying official is at MSU. And so if I want to reach out to them about my, about my GI Bill and, and I call them. So the same thing, I encourage those people to do the same thing and reach out and see what they're going to do uh, about their college goals. So uh, typically the conversation moves to GI Bill, Jose, what can I do with my GI Bill? You know, uh, can I transfer it to my kids? It's the one, one of the questions that I have for, for service members who are retiring, or potentially not retiring, but you know they're getting out after 10, 12 years. Um, sometimes you can transfer it. If you miss the window, then you can't transfer it. You have to use it. So, so and a lot of people get confused about that, right? So you have to have your minimum tour of service, right? Not to mention you have to have at least four years on your contract. So I think it's 10 years of service before you're eligible to transfer. And then you, I believe you have to have at least four or five years Four years of service, so you can meet meet the eligibility to transfer. Most of the people that I deal with are are being medically retired because of their ailments, and so they are uneligible to transfer to their kids, uh, or to their wives, or whoever they want to transfer to. So when you're in the window, if you're in the window now and you still and you're quite a ways away from getting out, and you meet the eligibility to transfer, I definitely encourage people. If you're not going to use it, at least one month. Put one month in your son's name, your wife's name, your daughter's name, whatever, just to get it in there. And that way you're done. You don't have to, you've said it and forget it. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, And and then after that, you know, when it comes time, then uh, they can use those benefits. But if you're going to use those benefits, then know the full scope of what you're eligible, right? You know what it does. So there is a cap to the GI Bill. You know, you can go to any state school, It'll pay for tuition, it'll pay the full tuition cost. give you a stipend, it'll give you, you know, every year you get a, like a kicker for books and things like that. Um, there's some things that it still doesn't pay for. I believe it's labs. I'm not a GI Bill expert, but there's plenty of resources that'll tell you what it does and doesn't pay for it. Uh, also, you know, it, it, your GI Bill will pay for you to go to school to a private university. So if you wanna to go to Yale or Harvard or Northwestern here in Illinois, those are private schools. Uh, GI Bill isn't going to cover the tuition for those schools. However, some schools have yellow ribbon programs, and those yellow ribbon programs will offset the cost of what the GI Bill doesn't pay for. So, let's say the cap for the GI Bill is I don't know, 14, 15 grand, you know, and that's it. But your school is 25 grand. If your degree program has a yellow ribbon program, you look it up. Uh, and then you see what it does you apply for the yellow ribbon program and if you get accepted well there you go you know now you have that so understanding your education benefits is very important you know as long as with the gi bill so um there's going to be some changes i think mike uh, i don't know uh trevor i don't know if you have any any changes to the gi bill of course there's this there's always the they're talking about increasing the bh um They've been talking about that for a while. I don't know if that's coming to fruition or not. I know that if you sign up for GI Bill, every month they have GI Bill webinars from the VA that you can participate in. And it's kind of like a town hall and you can, you can find out more about that information there. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not uh, a GI Bill expert, but I know I can, I usually just point people in the right direction to the subject matter expert uh, and, and they'll be able to answer a lot of those questions.
0: I would imagine people could probably find those webinars just by Googling it, right? Like GI Bill webinar.
1: I get, them, I get invited every month via email. I get an email notification and it'll say uh, VA GI you know, Bill webinar and or town hall or whatever, right? And uh, you can sign up if you have the time. You sign up. It's usually like a Zoom meeting format um, put on by the VA. It's pretty cool. So a lot of, a lot of, I missed the last one. I should have attended the last one, but um, usually they put out some pretty good gouge and pretty good information about GI but I'm trying to see if I find it here, but I can't find it in my email. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, you can sign up for those kind of alerts and kind of get those information sessions and things like that.
2: Yeah, that's so a I good think thing. One of the things too, that like people, we start looking at this GI Bill as we transition and we think that this is like, this is it. This is what we have. We didn't make it happen with this. Right. So there's a lot more out there than just the GI Bill or, you know, it's not just this isn't just the car, the engine and the wheels. You know, there's all these other options that come along with education. Right. The, The federal student aid, Pell Grants, scholarships. Once you once you write out this great little essay about how great you are and how deserving you are of this scholarship and you save it in that word document and just change the subject of to who you're writing this to, you can literally cut and paste that crap and send it to a whole bunch of people out there. There are tons and tons and tons of people out there that have nothing better to do than give scholarship money away to folks, to deserving folks that will write letters to them and say, Hey, I could really, I could use some of that money. I could use some of that money too, you know, and they they write those checks all the time. And it may be for a thousand bucks or two thousand, five thousand, whatever it may be, but I'm going to tell you that stuff adds up. And a lot of those scholarships, they continue to renew every time, as long as you maintain like a 3.0 or whatever that they, whatever they stipulate on there. So people, need to not sell themselves short and think, well, I got this, you know, housing stipend that I'm going to get. I may have uh, a little medical retirement coming in. I may have a little bit of VA. Well, you know, like we said on the last podcast, uh, you know, I'm cutting ketchup and I'm meeting kids are eating ramen noodles. No, not necessarily. And then the other thing is too, as a, you know, I did my undergrad and my graduate degrees active duty. That sucked. That, that takes a lot of time 100%. You know? <laughs> and to be able to just go back to school and focus just on being a college student, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Honestly, I think that would be phenomenal. And the, you know, the other thing is I hope my kids get to do just that because I hope to hell they don't have to go through the same things that I had to do to go and accomplish both those degree goals because it sucks, you know? And and fortunately for me, you know, having the GI, I didn't use any of my GI Bill. I used tuition assistance the entire time I was in the military. And I'll bet you in total, my out-of-pocket costs for both my degrees, 10 grand tops. And that includes books, graduation fees, and all that crap. So I I milked the Navy for every bit of educational dollars I could. So, uh, but as we transition out, you know, I just want to bring up that there are so many other funding streams that people don't think to tap into that all you got to do is write a freaking essay and you know click a couple boxes and, and send that off to people then they, they sit on our board and look at people's applications and say let's give the top three to this person and even if you get four or five of those or you get one or two of them that helps you out a lot
1: absolutely and and usually you can access that through uh every college has it you can access it through fafsa is the is the official uh portal to apply for all those Pell grants and, and loans and et cetera, et cetera. So on top of your GI Bill, you can definitely access that, you know, and, and it, there's, you know, and this is where, this is where, and, and, you know, a lot of those scholarships are driven also by, by, uh, by need, by obviously ethnicity, race, et cetera, et cetera. So American Indian, you know, whatever, you're a minority, you know, Hispanic, whatever, there's something for everyone. The point is that there's something for everything, like you're saying, Mike, and, and there's money out there and you're right. Um, we often hear that there's millions of dollars a year that go unused for uh, scholarship opportunities. And so there's there's that pool of money that you're not tapping into. So that's a really good point is to tap into that because it's it's there. It's yep. there. And not only for education, but to start your own business too. There's there's money there you just have to know how to tap into it so yeah so gi bill tapping into pell grants fafsa applying for that when you when you sign up um especially during that transition period where you're in, you're going to have loss of income and on you know the benefit of that is that it increases your chances of getting that loan and pell grant because if you're making too much they usually say ah you're making too much no sometimes not all times but that transition period of you being a student that'll help offset some of those living expenses that you're mentioning, right? So that, yeah, very, very good point. Um, The GI Bill offers something called, uh, there's a link called uh, va.careerscope.net backslash GI Bill. And so the purpose of this link is like most occupational assessments, you click on it, you go, you answer the questionnaire and it kind of takes you through what potentially you'd be, what your interests are, what you'd be good at, you know, it's kind of gives you a brief, it kind of gives you a loose assessment uh, of what your education, what you should pursue and what your interests are. So I I, I tell people to use that. I don't mandate, it's not mandatory for me, uh, it's not mandatory for them. I just say, here here's a resource, look into it, see if this is something that you would, uh, that you would be interested in, in doing and, and see what it, see where it leads to. I also give them information about Uh, chapter 36, which is educational and career counseling and veteran affairs. Uh, I also give them information on chapter 31, uh, veteran readiness and employment, you know, so those are two different, two different things that we, that you can tap into as a veteran. So I kind of want to briefly go into each one of those.
0: Um, What's that little beat there in the background?
1: That is my phone, which is annoying the holy hell out of me.
0: <laughs> well, um, I, I'm sure you you maybe have something in there too, but eventually before we end this too, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about um, state benefits and why it's important oh. to, yeah, definitely. Because Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, and that is in there a little bit. And we can definitely touch on that. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, – there's just a ton of benefits and learning how to tap into them can be definitely overwhelming, but it's definitely worth, it's worth the effort. Right. So, you know, when you look at, when you look at chapter 36 educational career counseling, you know, what is that it's personalized career planning and guidance um, that, that the VA offers free educational and career guidance. Why wouldn't you tap into that as a veteran? Why wouldn't you tap into VA chapter 36? How do you apply for it? Oftentimes, you can apply directly out of e-benefits. So I tell, I encourage people to do that. Once you get discharged, once uh, you get your VA rating, and you know what your VA rating, and usually, in order to qualify for a lot of this stuff, it's anything over 10%, right? 10 or 20%. Um, is if I if I recall correctly, and you can apply usually from e-be- your e-benefits dashboard and portal, and you can start and you can speak to a counselor, and, and it's it's a service that they will go through. They'll look at your career goals. They'll they'll help you plan a resume. Help you write a resume. They will look at your educational goals, and that could lead to the VA um, on top of the GI bill, or if you've used all your GI bill out. Uh, that could lead to them providing you the funds to continue your education, you know? Uh, So that's a little bit about chapter 36, right? It it talks about, let's say who's eligible Uh, veterans and their dependents who are eligible for VA education benefit, find out how to apply. So this is all stuff that is not hidden away in some dark secret corner that I own that, that I keep for myself and don't share with anybody. You just type in Google VA chapter 36 benefits, bam, it pops up. Everything you ever need to know about Chapter 36, right? Uh, same thing with Chapter 31, VRE, Voc Rehab, right? So you're in a position to where, to where, uh, most people or some veterans can no longer perform physically perform a job that they held in the Navy. So let's say you were heavy equipment. This happens a lot to CBs, right? You're a heavy equipment operator. You're a CB. You've been hard labor all your life as a CB, you know, construction, electrician, all this stuff, heavy equipment, you know, forklifts, whatever. And you can't, you physically can't do that anymore. Um, and so, but you don't know what you want to do. So you can, you can reach out, apply for chapter 31 benefits, a cha- apply for chapter 36 benefits and speak to a counselor. And they look at things that your interested, other things that you can possibly do for work, you know, so you can't be a physical, you can't do the physical side anymore, but, you know, you could probably get into the IT field or or whatever other field uh, that may interest you that doesn't uh, exacerbate your service-connected disabilities. So I encourage people to do that. You know, learn your benefits, learn what's available out there, both VA, GI Bill stuff, um, and then to your point, Trevor, you know. Uh, uh, Review veteran state benefits. That was the next you must have been reading my outline. Review veteran state benefits. And and I gave two examples. Here in Illinois, if you enlisted out of Illinois, it's the Illinois Veterans Grant. It's four years of college. Illinois if you're a resident of Illinois and you enlisted out of Illinois, you can come back to Illinois and and you can go to you can you can go to school for four years before you even touch your GI Bill.
0: Yeah. Right? I mean that's huge. Like, I mean? Seriously. I, and I know, like, uh, you know, some states like Virginia, where we live, they have stuff for dependents, too. Um, like, like uh, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. Like, hey, if you get rated 90% permit in total mm-hmm. here, your kids can go to school and state for free. And guess what? There's some really good colleges here. When you look at that, people are like, oh, whatever. It's I mean. I just did a post about this. I think last week on LinkedIn, like the average cost, this is just the average cost of attendance for a year in Virginia is uh, it's about $25,000 a year. That's tuition, materials, living expenses, food, all that stuff, 25 K a year. So if you have two kids, guess what? That's that's over $200,000 worth of benefits, right? Mm -hmm. The other big thing that I preach about, like taking advantage of all these benefits you're talking about is like this is like I had an entire class on that when I did my my CHFC designation on education planning. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the the cost of college has outpaced uh, the like the increase in the cost of higher education has outpaced inflation by almost 300 percent over the last 20 plus years. Right. And, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, government subsidized, uh, you know, educational funding and, uh, you know, especially like the, the veterans programs. That's why all these universities are marketing to all these veterans all the time. But it's, you know, a, a lot of them just, you know, have these bloated administrative departments, administration departments that have driven the cost up. So it's like, yes, absolutely. You need to if if college is an option for you i won't tell somebody not to do it because i think there's there's some value in there um but you know try to do what what i preach like try to use as little of your own money as possible absolutely
1: yeah and that's and that's and and that's exactly it that's why we have all these uh phenomenal benefits because we want to we want to get the best bang for the buck, right? You, you know, often we hear, uh, you know, we also notice that the cost of education being so high, you know, let's say your education costs throughout the lifetime of your education, let's say you get a master's degree, you stop at a master's, that's probably a hundred plus thousand that you've spent. Now, if you're a person who has to take out student loans for that a hundred grand, and, and you now have a master's degree that costs you a hundred grand, but you started a job that's paying you 40 grand, where's the you know where's the balance in that you know you, you just pay for a hundred thousand dollar degree right uh but entry level is 40 grand now i don't know i mean i'm once again i'm not an expert at this but uh, where's the value of my degree in that if i have to you know if my degree costs more than my entry level salary now i get everyone has to start at the bottom i, I understand that process. Uh, especially more so in the military. We all started as E-1s. We didn't come in as admirals or, you know, master chiefs. Uh, We came in as E-1s and we worked our way up. So we know what that looks like. Uh, But you figured if you're paying for an education, you know, that should be commensurate, right? Especially with all your, with all your, with your level of experience in the military, because you come, you already come with experience. You know, you're, you know, you're not, it's not a blank slate. Mike, if you were talking about all the leadership and how you, you were master chief or the, you know, the largest EOD school in the Navy, right? You know, I mean, that's thousands of people, you know, you could have easily gotten the job, probably some C-suite because you can manage the hell out of some people and you're a risk mitigator by, you know, that's nature. That's natural to you, mitigating risk, you know, uh, so you already come with all this level of experience and now you want to add that level of experience to your degree. So once again, when you review your degree goals, make sure you take that into consideration. Take that into consideration. You have a lot of experience. Don't sell yourself short. Make sure that you're getting the value for your degree and make sure that at the end of the day, like Trevor was saying, when you review this stuff, look at your state for benefits, you know, where do you come from? Texas, Illinois, Florida, California, Wisconsin. Virginia, look at that, really review that and, and really look at, you know, compare the degree to the job market you're getting into. And then look at that salary as well, you know, kind of you get a good financial picture. And I think that if you really do that, you know, uh, you're really going to be successful. I mean, a lot of people are successful. Obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, do this, and this is what's going to make you successful. But these are just tools. Right. That you can use. You can set them aside, or you can pick them up. Your choice, right?
2: Um, yeah, I think family. the rule of thumb is, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to carry any more student loan than what you, what your highest expected first year salary is. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know who made that up, but I've read it in a few places. Yeah. I, I couldn't call the reference, but you know, yeah. but I've seen it. You know, a friend of mine. Uh, a friend of my wife's he 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 took his uh quite a bit of money and went to cornell for an interior design degree uh that's a pretty expensive place to get an interior design degree you know when you think about it you you gotta i mean we we talk about you know high human skills and 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 hard skills right so if you want to get an engineering degree engineers are in extreme demand um computer science, computer programming is in extreme demand. Like you're talking about looking at the job market. If, if you just get that damn certificate, you don't need to go to MIT unless you really want to, unless you want to spend all that money. But you don't. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't. So you just need to get the certifications. A Microsoft certification or an Amazon cloud certification from Old Dominion University looks the same as it does as it does from MIT. You just need to go in there with that certification and do your job. So, and and it's going to pay just as well, if not, and it also depends on where you want to go. You know, if you want to go to DC, you're going to have to look at cost of living. You're going to have to look at, you know, wages are going to be almost commensurate to the cost of living. You know, it depends on where you want to go. Um, A lot of those types of folks, you're talking about uh, computer programmers and things like that. Those men and women can work from their house for the most part. Um, But, you know, like we're talking about, you you know, when people start looking at these career choices and these education choices, you need to have a clear front side picture on what's down the road, because if you're going to get a degree in forestry, you better enjoy the damn trees. You know, if, if you're going to get something in finance and business and those types of things, you better enjoy the office environment. I can't tell you how many times I cannot remember the statistic off the top of my head, but how many law how many people who have law degrees who do not practice law it's overwhelming the majority of people who do not practice law who have their law degree because they just got sick of it once they actually got out there and started actually practicing it or they couldn't pass the bar or whatever it may be they got dissatisfied with it doesn't look like it does on jag it doesn't look like it does on you know on the tv shows it's a bunch of research and writing and doing casework and all this other crap it's not nearly as sexy and it doesn't pay as much as, you know, they're not driving the brand new Mercedes, you know, the first year they're out of uh, William and Mary law school. So, um, and they get dissatisfied and they move on to something else. Um, So it's really, and and, and, you know, you may have to go to school and and take a class on forestry and go, you know what? This kind of sucks. I want to do something else. You can do that. Just like we talked about in earlier podcasts with your career decisions. Don't be afraid to change. Don't go down the road and stay miserable. You know, be able to, you know, to sack up and say, "Eh, it's not for me. I'm going to go a different route.
1: You know, and that's, you know, a little bit about myself. That's exactly what has happened with me. I started off getting, trying to get a health, you know, I thought, man, I'm a corpsman. You know, I know health. I'm going to get into health administration, right? I got my bachelors in health administration. Hate it, hate it. No way. I'm not a health administrator. Not going to do it. Right. So there goes that useless degree. I got my bachelor's, good to go. Southern Illinois University, Carbondale was very gracious, uh, but I never used it. Right. And so then I thought, well, you know, I fell into the trap. Uh, I'm going to get my MBA. And just like Trevor, I went through halfway through the MBA and I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to use this. Not even interested in it. I just thought this is what everybody's doing. So let me do it. Dropped out of that. And then Now, now I'm in, you know, and now I'm with uh, Michigan State University and I'm I'm getting my master's in in organizational leadership. And that is super interesting to me. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to, I'm I'm probably going to be in some kind of, you know, uh, some kind of CEO of a company with the degree or anything like that. But this is the first time that I've actually encountered a degree that I find super interesting because leadership has always interested me, right? Uh, maybe because I'm always aspiring to be a leader or, or I would like to think that I am, but, uh, but I just want to know, I want to know, uh, what makes a, what makes a leader tick, you know, how to, how to lead organizations. And this comes naturally to some and very difficult to others. For me, I think it's, I'm not a natural, I'm not natural at it. So I need to learn more about it and seek and and seek advice and mentorship from those that are, and that's the purpose of seeking an education finding what interests you, finding what you think you need, what you, what your, you know, dare I say weaknesses are and see if you can turn those weaknesses into strengths, you know, uh, for your benefit and see how that can be used, how to best utilize that degree. So, um, so yeah, you know, and then, uh, and then Trevor, lastly, I think you said something about um, in Virginia, if you're 90%, Uh, you know, typically it's, if you're hundred percent permanent in total from the VA, uh, then your survivors and benefits, your survivors and dependents can apply for what they call dependence, educational assistance. And for Mm -hmm. those of you who have college age children, and now you're worried about, well, heck, how am I going to pay for college for my, my three daughters or my two sons or my five kids, whatever. If you have the survivors, dependents education assistance and you're eligible to that, I encourage you to apply for it because it does provide uh education to any state school of the state that you're in as long as you meet criteria right so something something to look into something I think would be interesting in uh for many of you that probably have questions about that but you know so that's that's education uh you know, there's, there's, like I said, it's, it's just a matter, it's a journey, it's reviewing your goals, your planning, and then like anything else in life, you got to execute it and you got to stick with it if you really want it to be a success.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, like, um, one of my favorite, uh, you know, pieces of media out there on, on this topic, I think especially, would be, I encourage you, if you haven't watched it yet, to watch uh, Mike Rowe from dirty jobs Mm. his ted talk because he's all about like he has one of these days i'm going to get micro on this show and it's going to be awesome because i'm going to sit here the whole time and fawn over him like hey you're micro but um you know so i (laughs) that's how i get whenever i meet famous people uh but anyways um he talks about this, you know, about how there's like this huge shortage of skilled labor out there. Right. And, you know, like all the different trades and stuff and, and, you know, the importance of that. I mean, there's tons of opportunities out there too, for education, like education doesn't necessarily mean just like you said before, it's not just a college degree. There's, there's other things out there um, that, that you can go look at where you can make really good money. I mean, you know, I was reading not too long ago about these these dudes that had all these welding certifications. It's like 19-year-old kid uh went out North Dakota like work in the oil fields there he made like hundred and sixty thousand dollars in a year um welding. Right? Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, like you yeah, you have to work a lot, but guess what? Like yeah. You, you get good at something like that. And guess what? Now you can start a business doing it and you can scale that and and have other people under you that are good too. And, and become even better. I mean, there's tons of opportunities, right? But yeah, just, you know, taking the time upfront to figure out like, Hey, you know, what is it that I think that I want to do? Because I say, think that you want to do because you may find out later, maybe that's not what you want to do. Right. Just like I did and you did. And yep. You know, yep. I know Mike, Mike had a situation like that as well. Um, but, you know, at least you owe it to yourself to do at least a little bit of planning, right? Nobody, we've never gone out on an op where we just said, all right, well, we're just going to go out there and yeah. see what happens, right? right? So, cool. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, last uh, little comments there about education?
1: No, no, I think we covered pretty good. Uh, you know, it's a good starting point
0: yep all right well what's our next episode going to be
1: so the next one uh, is going to be all about relocation
0: oh now you
1: think this would be an easy topic but there's a lot of considerations right just like anything else so relocation goals
0: all right well looking forward to it all yeah. right that was education and uh appreciate you taking your time to to share some knowledge with us and we'll see you next episode
2: Yep. thanks good stuff
0: all right Thank you for listening to the Get to vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net and let us help you
2: get to vet